The Not So Great Outdoors contains stories of a graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. The outdoors are great. Except when they're not. Welcome to the Not So Great Outdoors. We're your guides. I'm Seth. And I'm Piff. And this week, we are talking about the amazing survival story of Mary Vincent. Cool. So happy holidays, everybody. It is officially December for you guys anyway. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Not for us. Not for us while we're recording, but that's fine. That's fine. But that means no one can yell at us for being festive AF. But also, it's 2020, so you do you, boo. Mm -hmm. Gotta do what'll bring you joy. And to celebrate this extra special festive season, we are going to be doing survival stories for all of December. Yay! Keeping it light. Keeping it light, festive, jolly, happy. Always ends on a good note because they're survival stories. Yep. Especially after um, our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. It's nice to, you know, a to nice keep it up. Change of pace. Yeah. Um, and then quick announcement for our merch patrons. We are currently working on getting your boxes out to you. So keep an eye out for that. Okay. And at this point, I will take off my hat because I can't think with it on, but festive. <laughs> festive, festive. I needed to have it on for the beginning festiveness. I'm excited because my shirt says Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animal. And this is one of my favorite Christmas shirts. So Jay picked out the shirt that I wore today. I gave him my, my festive options, and mm-hmm. this is the one he picked. I so. almost wore that shirt. <laughs> Fun fact, Pip and I each have that shirt, and my mom also has that shirt. Yeah. And we also have cute. we have a couple because we have the we deer do. one, We have the too. deer one, yeah. Yeah. Love a good matching Christmas shirt. So before I start, I would like to say that, yes, a ton of podcasts have told this story, but also Mary Vincent is literally amazing, and if someone deserves to have their story told on every true crime podcast known to humanity, it's her. I'm excited. I still have no idea who it is, even though a ton of podcasts have done it, because I'm way behind on podcast listening, but it's fine. Just fine. It makes it more fun for me. Yeah. And then, as always, my full source links will be in the bio, but the meat and potatoes of this came from the book The Greatest Survivor Stories Never Told by Mara Bovzen. So thanks, Mara. Are you ready? I'm ready. So Mary Vincent was 15 in 1978, which is when this story takes place, and like most teens, was in her own personal rebellious stage. Granted, my rebellious stage consisted of running away and making it to the end of my street before feeling guilty and crawling back into my bedroom window before anyone even noticed. But, you know. (laughs) Also, hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. I tried to run away once. It didn't work. So Mary's parents were Lucy and Herb, and they were really strict military parents, which was in direct contrast to where they lived in Viva Las Vegas. Oh, Both of her parents spent ample time in casinos, not because they were gamblers, but because that's where they worked. Lucy was a dealer, and the house always wins, folks. And Herb was a machine repairman for the casinos. A cute note, when Mary was about four years old, she was asked what she wanted to be when she grew up, and she said, quote, I want to be mother to the world, end quote. Oh, that's precious. Right? And at 15, she was also an aspiring dancer with plans to dance at the Lido de Paris in Las Vegas. Hmm. So, she's having a good life. She was a middle child with six siblings, and it was, oh yeah. Six (laughs) siblings? So seven total kids? Oh my goodness, I can't imagine that. I like read that, and it doesn't even like do anything to my mind, because I'm like, oh yeah, that's a normal number of kids. It's not. It's not. Ugh. I'm one of two. I'm one of four, and we're the smallest out of, like, all of my cousins. Like, the smallest family group. Huh. Because, like, I have an aunt who has 12 living children, 
Really? <laughs> Your face is great right now. <laughs> Why are there 12? That's, oh my goodness, that's so many children. Big Catholic farming families. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a fun time. So it was the 70s. And spare the rod, spoil the child, and all that nonsense. Her parents were very strict in a spanking kind of way. Mm-hmm. Much to her parents' dismay, Mary made a habit of wearing makeup. The horror. As a 15-year-old. Oh, no. Ugh. Skipping classes. Sometimes you just need a break. You know? Yeah. And eventually running away from home. Although, in Mary's own words, quote, I left home to save my life. It wasn't to seek wild times. I didn't know anything about the world or the opposite sex, end quote. It's kind of implied from when she was telling the story of her leaving home that there's more going on at home than Mm -hmm. was normally told. Yeah. Uh, From seattlepi.com, quote, she left home in a hurry one day when a sister told her that their dad was coming home with one of his migraines and was mad at her. You better run, said the sister, end quote. It sounds like she was the target. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she, again, this is a survivor story, so we have her side, and she's never said, like, anything besides what I've already quoted her saying about her home life, but it's the 70s. I'm sure there's a lot going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So at 15, she ran. She was out on the streets by herself, sleeping where she could for the nights. She lived for a brief time with a boyfriend in his car until he was arrested for raping a high schooler. After that, she left him for obvious reasons mm-hmm. and continued living wherever and however she could, sometimes staying with her uncle in Sequel, California. So that's a little bit of background on Mary. And now we're going to dive into the bad things that happened to her. But before we uh, really dive into that, if you haven't ever heard of Mary Vincent before, I will give you a trigger warning. This is brutal. Like, what happened to her was brutal. Uh, Sexual assault trigger trigger warning. Again, I'm going to not go into a lot of details because that's not who we are as people. But just so you know, that's coming. So, on September 29th, 1978, Mary decided that she would go visit her grandfather near Los Angeles. Seeing as she lived a more vagabond lifestyle and it was the 70s, she planned on hitchhiking for her travel plans. This was in no way her first time hitchhiking, and it was the 70s, and way more common than it is now. Mm -hmm. Although, if you are a thru-hiker, you know that hitching a ride is almost second nature. I would also like to take this time to point out that hitchhiking doesn't usually end badly at all by giving some data about hitchhiking from WanderlyMagazine.com. So, based on some fancy math that they did on their article, there is a .0000089% chance of being raped or killed and then being left on the side of an interstate highway. Additionally, during a six-month study in California in 1974, no hitchhikers killed anyone, and less than 1% of hitchhikers were killed. The conclusion of the article is that, quote, hitchhiking is no more dangerous than any other activity in the country, end quote. And just to support that, thousands of hitchhikers, or through hikers, hitch into town, every year off of the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, and Continental Divide Trail, and most, if not all, make it safely. Now, I'm not saying that to sell your car and thumb a ride everywhere, but it's probably safer than your mind wants you to believe. After all, getting into a car with a stranger and hoping you make it to your destination feels like a bad idea. Yeah. Keep in mind that the people in your life that are most likely to hurt you already know you. Yeah. Back to Mary's story. So Mary's thumbing a ride to L.A. to see her grandpa, and an older man in a blue Ford van stopped and picked her up. 
this man is scum of the earth. Mm -hmm. And because this is her story, not his, I'm going to primarily refrain from using his name, just like she does when talking about him. I'm going to say it just once for context. His name was Lawrence Larry Singleton and will henceforth be known as her attacker or anything else besides his name, such as scum, douche canoe, shit stain, or anything else colorful. We feel like calling him, but we're not going to use his name because, again, this is her story and she doesn't use his name either. To support our disdain of this person, I have a quote from the attorney who prosecuted him. Are you ready for it? I am ready. From sfgate.com, quote, He has a deeply ingrained hatred and dislike of women, said Assistant Attorney General Scott Brown, end quote. Also, at this time, he was recently divorced. Hello, stressor like we're in criminal minds. Yeah. So he is not a good dude. We will see that throughout the rest of this case. So Shitstain picks her up, and he's wearing a blue jumpsuit, like the one that you would work wear if you worked at a factory in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But it barely fits because he's got, like, a bulging gut. And she tells him she's heading to L.A. He says, yeah, I'll give you a ride. I have a daughter about your age. Like, of course, hop on in. His daughter hated him. Hmm. And he literally was not heading anywhere towards L.A., but was still like, yeah, sure. So specifically, so she was in Berkeley, California. L.A. is south of Berkeley by about 400 miles. He was going to Reno, Nevada, which is northeast from Berkeley, about 200 miles. I don't like that at all. Mm -mm. And I don't know if he told her where he was going or if he just, like, was going there and, like, later this came out. But also... I don't think going the exact opposite direction that you were going by 400 miles. It's not not normal. I don't like it. So, but she gets in. Okay. So they're driving down the road and Mary decides she's going to have a smoke. And she sneezes. And this is weird. So he, as she like sneezes and he reaches over and like grabs the back of her neck. And he like implies that he was trying to see if she's sick, but that's not where you check. And also it's weird. And also, sir, do not just grab me yeah so she like is like uh no goodbye and she but he shakes it off and she so she's like pressing herself against the passenger side door trying to put like a bunch of space but he's like no like i'm sorry i'm just i'm a dad so i was just it was like a reflex to check no like i'm not gonna hurt you no no, no. no. creepy and then somehow and I, I couldn't quite figure out how they did this but they end up at his house and he's like hey mary Help me load this laundry into the van. And she's like, this is weird, but I'm still relying on his help. And he he's like strange, but I don't think he's going to hurt me kind of strange. And he still has this like family man demeanor he's trying to like play off. And he's like, you know, here's my daughter. This is my house. I'm a dad. It's fine. Just because you like just because you're a parent does not mean that you're not a horrible human being. Yeah. Um, so they load the, these like laundry bags into his van and get back in and keep driving south. So it's like, okay, it's okay. Um, after they get back into the car, though, Douche Canoe was drinking something that was decidedly not milk out of a milk carton. Gross. It was whiskey. Ugh. But again, the 70s were a wild time, and Mary just eventually dozes off. Yeah. I would not fall asleep, like, in a car with a strange person. Yeah, I assumed it was just, like, you know, at some point exhaustion just takes yeah. over, and you can't really... Yeah. There's only so much you can do. So she wakes up sometime later and she notices that the road signs 
are indicating that they're driving north, not south. So uh, she freaks out. She grabs a stick from the back of the van because this guy was both creepy and gross and had sticks in his van. And she threatens him, screaming, quote, turn this van around right now. He complies, apologizing, saying he made a mistake while driving. He wasn't going to hurt her, trying to calm her down. And it worked again. Girl. She's only 15. I know. But I'm like, honey, if you're go, if this dude is repeatedly going in the opposite direction of what you need to be going, like, don't hit your And just, like, being guy. creepy. Yeah, just don't. But also, like, once you're in the vehicle and it's moving, like, it's hard to yeah. get away. Yeah. And let's just throw in there, you know, she's 15. She hasn't quite gotten her bullshit parameter, like, calibrated. Yeah. yeah. So he turns around. Keeps driving. This is where it gets brutal. If you need to, you, you'd have to skip a lot. So the sun is setting and it's, it gets dark. And her attacker pulls off the highway onto a secluded road and is like, I got to pee. So he's like, I'm pulling, pulling off the road to pee. And she's like, cool. I also have to pee. So he goes one way. He goes the other. She goes the other way so they can like pee in private. And as she, she finishes up, and she, like, it's like, oh, my shoe's untied. So she bends down to tie her shoe. And she's hit in the back of the head. As she turns towards whatever had hit her, she was punched again until she fell to the ground. Once she was on the ground, uh, explicit content warning, he whipped his dick out and forced it inside of her mouth. He told her, don't scream or I'll kill you, and forced her then into the back of his van. He tied her up with some rope and proceeded to violently rape her. Jeez. I would say that it was going to get better, but it gets worse for a little bit, and then it gets better in a, in a minute. <laughs> so when he finished, he gets back into the driver's seat, interestingly, while still naked, and starts driving, which, I this is brutal, but also, like, that's just weird and kind of, yeah. like, can you imagine... Yeah. You're driving and you look, you know, you look over to other drivers sometimes when they're being assholes Mm -hmm. and there's just a naked guy. Yeah. I mean, but you would only be able to tell he was shirtless, but still it would be weird. I would be like, why? Still like, what? Sir. Yeah. So she's like conscious and she's begging him, please let me go. I won't tell anybody. Just please let me go. And he stops. So he, he pulls over. He stops again. Only a few minutes later. And he goes back to her and he cuts the rope off her hands and tells her that if she obeys him, he will let her go. So he forces her to drink some of the milk jug whiskey. And she was like, okay, like, I'll do that because I don't want to die right now. Mm -hmm. He raped her again and then ordered her to lie on the side of the road. And again, Mary is begging him, like, please let me go. Let me be free. I won't tell anybody. Just let me go. And... He answered by getting a hatchet out of his van and saying, quote, you want to be free? I'll set you free while waving the hatchet at her. Mm. Her attacker then used the hatchet to cut off her arms. Both of her arms? Both of her arms. He was holding her left hand in his and cut it first so she fell away from him. So, like, picture, Mm -hmm. he's got her arm in his hand and she's pulling away. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's got this hatchet, and he, like, cuts her arm off. So she's now she's, like, kind of falling backwards. Then he attacks the other arm, severing it on her forearm. 
Now she's bleeding profusely, but that's not enough for him. Then he throws her down the embankment because, you know, like highways have Mm -hmm. that like some of them have those like long ditches, throws her down it and then goes down after her, drags her body into one of those concrete pipes saying, now you're free before climbing back up and leaving her there to die. Oh, my gosh. But this is a survival story. Yeah. And survive, she did. So she is basically at the bottom of a very long hill, Mm -hmm. inside of a drainage pipe, bleeding out of her arms. She doesn't have any hands. But once she hears the van drive away, she waited. She, like, was waiting for the van to leave Mm -hmm. because she didn't want to start moving and then him hurt her more. Mm Mm-hmm. She has said that initially she thought she would just let the blood loss take her. Quote, it'll be over soon and then I won't hurt anymore. Just let the blood flow out. End quote. But the human body and mind are amazing and hers were exceptional. And so she pulls herself up. And I could not find this as a, a source, but I vaguely remember hearing this on another podcast that did this, and I couldn't tell you which one because, again, every podcast has done this story. But I remember somebody saying that she had pushed her, like, stumps into the mud to help, like, clot them so they would stop oh. bleeding. And then she walked with her arms raised mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't, like, to stop the bleeding. And so she her has her arms up, and she pulls herself out of this drainage pipe, and she pulls herself up this hill. And I can't even imagine how, like, she's got all of this blood loss. And she's still like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And she gets herself up out of this hill. She's naked, bloody, dirty, and broken. But she, And she makes it to the highway just after sunrise. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this happened just after sunset. So it's, like, all yeah. night. Yeah. The first car to see her because she's like walking down with her arms raised like trying to flag somebody down Mm -hmm. drove away because they were terrified of what they saw yeah the second car contained a young couple who stopped and took her to a hospital Mm -hmm. doctors were able to save mary's life and she was able to testify against her attacker They were able to find him relatively quickly because the sketch that she had helped the police create was so accurate that his neighbor recognized him almost immediately. He actually pled not guilty and said that another man with the same first name had done these things. Not him. He's the worst. Yeah. But so then, do you think for, you know, chopping a girl's arms off, so do you think he was sentenced harshly? For taking a 15-year-old, violently assaulting her, cutting her off off her arms, and leaving her to die? I would want to say yes, but the way you're saying saying it makes makes me think no. No. He was sentenced to only 14 years for kidnapping, mayhem, attempted murder, forcible rape, sodomy, and forced oral copulation. Also, he attempted to sue Mary saying that he was the victim and that her claims were exaggerated and he was just defending himself from when she attacked him with the stick. 
That's ridiculous. It's like, interesting. I think I'm going to believe the girl with no arms because you cut them off, asshole. Yeah. Obviously, this was dropped because he literally cut her fucking arms off and left her for dead. But still, I can't even believe, like, the nerve of this guy. He only served, are you ready? Not enough time, I'm sure. Eight years. That's stupid. But then, so this story was, like, everywhere because she's amazing and I can't even imagine. So she, her story was everywhere. And no towns would let him move there after he was paroled. Yeah. So then he ended up living in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin Prison until he was out of parole. His own daughter said this about his release. Quote, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him in longer, and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he is a danger. I said that before the first crime, I've changed my name multiple times and am moving across state lines. And all you suggest, a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am and what my name is and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me. End quote. Yeah, that's stupid. But we're not done yet because this guy's a real shitbag. I thought this was a survivor story. Why I mean, are we talking so much about him? Listen, she survived because uh, it's important. Okay. He gets out. Mm-hmm. He's out of parole. Mm-hmm. So now he can move wherever because he's not in parole any- under mm-hmm. parole anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's 1997. He's in Florida. In 1997, he murdered a 31-year-old mother of three named Roxanne Hayes in her home. He was sentenced to death for this but died of cancer on December 28, 2001 in a prison hospital. I'm telling you, so many horrible people get cancer. It's almost like you shouldn't be a horrible human being. <sighs> I feel like part of it is God being like, listen, you shouldn't have let him out in the first place. Did you see what he did? Yeah. As for Mary, she married a couple of... Mary married. Yeah, Mary got married. uh, A couple of times, and she has two grown sons now. She uh, literally made her own custom prosthesis because she couldn't, like afford new nice ones so she would like fix her old ones and like make them so that they would do what she needed them to do um she says quote i like to tinker she says she gets it from her grandfather which is just cute cute yeah she is look at the pictures yeah she is a pool shark an artist a pretty decent bowler and a mom just like she always wanted to be Unfortunately, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. She has struggled both financially and mentally, but never stops fighting for her life and for her boys. And then in 2005, she married an investigator with the Orange County District Attorney's Office, and together they formed the Mary Vincent Foundation with the hope to help other victims of traumatic crime, specifically children. Because again, she was only 15 when this happened. Yeah. But she, she survived. Yeah. She came out of this. And then she, like, was like, you know what? I'm still going to do all the things I wanted to do. And she's, like, an artist. It was so cool because um, she's, like, before I lost my arms, I couldn't draw, like, a straight line to save my life. Mm -hmm. And then with her prosthesis, she can, like, draw pretty well Hmm. because it, like, gives her a different type of control. Mm -hmm. And so now she, like, does art. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So that is the amazing survival story of Mary Vincent. 
I'm glad that dude's not like free walking around. No, he's know, dead. Like, yeah. They shouldn't have let him out. No. The first time. There have been so many cases that we've talked about that the person got let go, like, got released, and I don't understand. Yeah. And, like, one of my Sav Stories episodes, the the dude got released, like, twice from jail. You know, he was, like, on parole, like, twice. You know, and, like, all this. And I'm like, maybe don't do that. Like, maybe. Maybe people who violently attack other people can't be rehabilitated. And they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. I'm glad she's been able to live, like, a full happy life you know yeah and have kids and, and... yeah she like dotes on her two sons like they're grown men now yeah. and actually they're like mom i can i'm fine like i'm I an adult it's fine yeah. but she's just like my boys cute yeah love it and i'm very happy that she survived and also literally is the most badass woman i could think of yeah i can't imagine like that much pain and that much blood loss and, like, fighting yeah. through that. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so interesting that she was, like, you know, at first I was, like, I'll just let me die here. Like, I'm I'm here. I can't move. This mm-hmm. is a lot. Just let me. I'll just stay. Yeah. And then her body was, like, no. No. You can do it. And then, you know, here she is. Yeah. 40 years later. And you had this thought, like, while you were describing. Because I was, like, trying to picture it, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, you can't help but picture or something like that yeah she would have had to have like climbed up that embankment and like walked past her legs her legs her arms <gasps> just like sitting there. i never even you know? thought of that i know and like there's a lot of things that would like scar you mentally from something like this but like i feel like that would have seen your own hands holy crap i didn't right? even think of that i think that would have just pushed me over the edge like there's a lot that's horrible about this and a lot that would have pushed you over but like yeah but i feel like a lot of it you can like put up that mental block but like seeing seeing your hands your hands oh my gosh yeah well that's our first survival story of december yay i like a good survival story even though i hate that they have to be survivors yeah you know like i hate that they had to be in that situation well, to begin with and everything, but I'm glad they survived. And the thing that we're going to see a lot in December is that when you try to kill somebody and fail due to the other person's, like, grit and finesse, you get a lighter jail sentence, which is not right. No. Your in- intent was for them to die. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> I don't know why that just was really <laughs> funny to me. Just like nothing like attempted murder to really get you in the holiday spirit. Oh well. Well, you guys, we hope you are looking forward to the rest of our survival stories this month. And thanks as always for tuning in. If you haven't already, check us out on social media at NSGOPod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you would like to support our show, you can do so in many ways. Um, you can become a, a patron. We have several tiers, um, several levels at different prices that all offer something unique and they kind of build upon each other. So um, check us out there, patreon.com slash NSGOpod. If a repetitive uh, gift is not something that you're able to do, um, but you'd still like to support the show in that way, uh, check out the link in our Instagram bio and um, you guys can buy us a glass of wine and uh, help support the show that way. Um, if you haven't, check out our iTunes and um, leave us a review. Um, 
we those really do help a lot more than you think so we really appreciate that and um give us a listen tell your friends subscribe all those things um and as always thank you so much and we'll see you next week in the meantime stay Stay safe out there thanks for watching our music is by purple planet our art and logos are by katherine dodds if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nsgopod. And don't forget to listen on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. <laughs>